Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. How you doing, buddy? Good. Communities, Jesse. Yes. Tell me, you, you were, so on a previous episode, it might have been a third crack, you were talking about um, your thoughts and ambitions on community and roasting and collaborative projects and that kind of thing. I often dwell on those ideas, yes. Yeah. Would you like to share with us? <laughs> <laughs> share with the class. Dig a little bit deeper. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a lot going on. I, uh, I don't know where to start. What I like about most about coffee is just how much of a community aspect. There's such a human scale to coffee and how it, everything's very hands-on from the yeah. picking and the harvesting and the sorting all the way to the roasting and crafting of it, right? And that's what I really enjoy about that part of coffee is just how hands-on it really is yeah. in all dimensions. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's also, because of that, it's also it's um, kind of expensive, especially in these cities. You know, Seattle's known for being a, a coffee city, so is San Francisco, but it's so hard to afford to be in, as a business or as a, as a person involved in coffee to like live or yeah. be in these cities now because they're so expensive. And for roasting, I mean, we've seen this just firsthand in the last few years with how expensive Seattle's gotten, but roasting's difficult because it's a lot of kind of dead space for storing stuff that's not really making money versus a cafe where you have seating and customers and stuff like that. So it's kind of a, it's a tough situation. Um, so what we're seeing is kind of a new rise of collaborative or cooperative or community roasting projects, but basically, you know, different roasting companies and roasting people under the same roof and sharing the same f facility to make it more worthwhile, mm -hmm. you know, for that overall plan. Yeah, we. Uh, I, th I think this came out of our previous. I mean, we had a previous discussion about how challenging it is just being a small roaster in this town, and honestly, like anywhere in coffee, the um, the margin, really is. The I margins mean, on coffee are so small, and, and it's all dependent on volume and supply chain, yeah. like owning parts of the supply chain and stuff like that to make money on those small margins, right. you know. And so, but and some that's of the our constant competition at our end is just dealing with the next tier up and bigger roasters yeah. who just have that much more capital available to them, and they're buying a lot of the same coffees, you know. So mm. they just. But th then there's the question of like maybe you don't want to get into that huge volume. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, well, right, if the I only mean, way you can exist is to pour huge amounts of money into it and get to that level. Well, right. And that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, you have to, <laughs> I mean, you got to get, you have to get to a volume that pays the bills, obviously, but, right. um, that gets more and more difficult, you mm -hmm. know, when rents are skyrocketing, but not very many people care about the potential of amazing coffee. You know, most vast majority of coffee is only consumed just for the sake of it being coffee. And so that's where the volume is because all those restaurants and bars, you know, bartenders are not going to make a Chemex. Like, yeah. They, like, they're not going to make good espresso. They're not going to be dealing with that. You know, a cocktail is $15 and is, you know, a lot easier to make than dealing with a really nice cup of coffee and all the equipment and the dust, like having stuff that you can't get wet in a bar, like a horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in the brewing side of it. So it's really difficult. So, you know, the more darker you go, the more flexible the coffee is. And so I think it's just inherently, that's just where the volume and the palates, like the volume just has to win. But also if you're a decent, you know, small restaurant owner or something like that, and you want to buy some good coffee, there's a big difference in what you can get. I'm mean, not necessarily a difference in the coffee, but difference in price between going through somebody small like us at Conduit or going through somebody a little bit larger, like, I don't know, I don't need to name names of our competitors, but 
Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. a little company is doing like 50,000 pounds a year here at Conduit versus like somebody that's doing several million pounds, you know, that are buying still the same coffee from the same importers and things like that. So it's very similar mm-hmm. on the quality and they're good roasters, but they just have that much more capital. And so they can literally like shave off $2 on the pound. So as a small business owner and you're buying 40 pounds a week, you know, I mean, 40 times two, that's 80 bucks a week. You know, you're looking at easily, you know, 350, 400 bucks that you're saving just on a simple little right switch. And so it's really difficult to tell somebody like, hey, you're basically going to have the same coffee, but you're going to be supporting a cooler business. You know, I mean, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really hard spot. Like, well, I think the dynamics change caught. when, and I think this is the angle that, that you have the, mo- like the most traction in or where you where you have like a foot in the door is when they're not just it's not just like supporting a cooler business but like supporting a business that is highly supportive of the community i think that businesses can get around that kind of thing especially in this area there are a lot of businesses who are really like we like pay more to support right the, the community and businesses who support the community were happy to do that. And yeah, and that's kind of the brand, you yeah. know, kind of getting the brand out there is like, Oh, well, yeah, we can get it cheaper someplace else, but mm-hmm. you know, these guys are great. And that's where we also have traction with smaller volumes of coffee mm-hmm. because when you're getting five pounds a week, that extra dollar a pound is a little bit more relevant than if you're getting a hundred pounds a week. Right. You know, on the other hand, if you're getting a hundred pounds a week, we're going to knock a dollar off mm-hmm. because we love you. You know, so it's a give and take like that. It's volume and it's an easy of ease of accounts and stuff. But um, and this is all sort of a tangent off of like what to do in the current roasting environment, which is more of this kind of collaborative roasting space. Right. Because there's a certain point where like if I if I own a cafe, ideally, like the ideal scenario is I want to roast my and sell my own coffee because I'm going to be able to have my own brand on it. I'm going to get the most out of the margins, et cetera challenge is i own a cafe and not a roaster right so i gotta go like pay a roaster to do all that or just buy their coffee right um interestingly and i think this is probably a growing market because companies like bellwether exist which are essentially trying to attack that space by making the roasting in a small environment super easy right um which is true i mean i think bellwethers they're onto something mm mm-hmm um, you still have to know a lot about roasting, which yeah. I feel like that technology doesn't really help you with it. It doesn't help you learn the roasting mm-hmm. dynamics. Like you get the curves and you do tasting, but I don't know. Even with the lowering roasters, I feel like they kind of insulate the roaster person mm-hmm. from like actually getting those, to know those the are coffee. like, those not are that like they're really not roasting computer well. tapped in, right? Totally tapped in. And the yeah. sensory stuff is all hidden. The airflow, the noise, all that kind of gotcha. stuff is a little bit more hidden from kind of your human touch. So it doesn't mean that, I'm not saying that they're ro- that they're bad roasters at all. Like the technology is poor. It's just that the roasting, you, it's really difficult to learn how to roast. Like actually learn the the physical science of roasting and cooking coffee in one of those machines. And so right. that's where Bellwether is going to run into a challenge because you're trying to go for these small companies, these little uh, small retail spots to yep. roast their own coffee. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot of science to learn on a machine that's difficult to witness it. So I feel like that's that's hard, but that's also where a lot of these collaborative roasting projects are coming. Because then, as a cafe, you can roast a day a week or a couple hours a week and get your coffee yeah. and take that time and have that kind of community there without having to necessarily invest in the space. And yeah. so do you want to talk a little bit more about like 
what the collaborative roasting thing would look like for like a local cafe if they wanted to get involved in that kind of thing? Um, well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a new thing in Seattle. I mean, it's not a new concept, but Seattle is weird and introverted, and there's been enough money and rents haven't been high long enough to really start pushing this. So we're seeing a lot of these models coming out of San Francisco and Oakland. Hmm. Uh, there's Coro um, Collaborative Roasting, I think is the company name. Hmm. Coro. Yeah. Um, and they have a couple locations, and they have a model, and you pay a you pay an hourly fee to come in and I think there might be a membership so you get discounted on hourly but you're paying a membership to have access to the place and they have several different roasters and bagging and you know facilities for all the stuff that goes into the kind of wholesale roasting side of it so bagging benches grinders all that kind so of the stuff. idea is you come in and you can use the equipment yep. to do the roasting yourself yep. you can bring in your own green coffee maybe right. even store it there that yeah. kind of thing yeah yep do so you yeah storage is a hard thing you know smaller yeah. but uh, yeah absolutely I mean that's what all that is and then there's classes you can take essentially, right? You can buy time to yeah. go shadow somebody or roast with somebody. This seems like it'd be really cool for super enthusiast home roasters who are doing like small batches and they're like, you know what? I want to like roast on a professional machine like a couple of times. Or Christmas is coming up. I need yeah. 50 pounds of coffee and I got this. <laughs> that's like a super cool I got idea. This yeah. silly little home roaster that's yeah. doing 50 grams at a time, you know? So yeah. you understand the roasting curve. Maybe you just need to shadow somebody for half an hour to figure out the dynamics of yeah. a big scale and then just rock it and see what that's like. Yeah. It's pretty fun. You know, I think that's a great thing. So we, at Conduit here have been sort of opening up our space for people to come mm -hmm. in. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so it's definitely a good direction and that's part of being a Conduit. Um, I'm really excited. I, this is going to be follow-up and over the winter we'll have some really cool news about all the good stuff. Uh, there's a revitalization <laughs> yeah. of things that are happening in Seattle. Um, it's been really fun. There was a few years since that uh, the Space Agency group was really getting together a lot yeah we got kind of knocked down by yeah certain well event and people grew up and stuff like that but yeah well, that's true the whole but still that was a the pretty community big has been a little lagging and part of yeah. that is because literally rents have doubled tripled for yeah, most of the city in the last five years like I it's saw, absolutely ridiculous i mean you're seeing this firsthand again how well, much yeah more expensive it is I now have, versus a year ago when yeah you moved. i have to i have to move again it is i mean it is definitely more expensive so that the apartment that I lived in before <laughs> on my own, when I started, I don't mind sharing this, when I started renting there, it was in Ballard. Right. And it was like a newer building, so it was going to be a little bit more pricey, but like it was well-managed. It was a nice place. Yeah, uh, but it was also on a major arterial. Yeah, like which is kind of what I need because I don't have a car. Right. Um, so I was paying, when I started there, about thirteen fifty or whatever. That place now starts at sixteen fifty. Right. For 380 square foot studio in Ballard, which is not the easiest place to get to and from, even though you're on a main arterial, like it's 45 minutes into downtown on a bus, you know? Um, 368 feet. That's small. Yeah, 380 square feet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have many things. I was, when I moved in there, I was coming off of a boat, so it's felt palatial. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I saw a post the other day on like, um, Washington Barista Guild or something like that, uh, where someone was commenting in their frustration about how That's everyone five percent increase about everyone who was they were interviewing to like be a barista or whatever. Everyone was demanding at least twenty dollars an hour, and they just like couldn't swing that. So they're like having trouble actually hiring people because they can't yeah. 
pay enough because people who are working in the city need to make at least a certain amount of money. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Or you have smaller, more flexible shifts so you can fill in with your other job. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's ways to compromise with that and there's ways that are challenging, but it really takes being engaged with it and definitely yeah. bucks the trend of normal business. Mm. And for me, like we're open to that, but it's also a lot more hands-on yeah. managing and stuff. I really do like this idea of the community roasting aspect. I think it it creates the opportunity for people to connect more with the entire chain of coffee. Right. And so here's my challenge, though, I, mm -hmm. in a good way. This is my challenge to our listeners, especially local ones. Like we were talking about this briefly, but Seattle's, I think that there's a resurgence in sort of this community coming together in coffee. Like the dust has settled a little bit. Once now we're all realized, yeah, we got to get 15, 20 bucks an hour. So we're all as an industry kind of moving that and there's a little less stress. And so I feel like people are kind of talking mm -hmm. again to one another and getting out there. <laughs> That's good. Um, and there's been some stuff with, um, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Ethical treatment of employees at oh, some yeah. places in Seattle. We recently. did talk about this before. A little bit. Um, but that's also galvanized a lot of the the good people in the community, the people, the organizers in the community to kind of get the word out. And so there's been some new events, there's some new traction to talk about stuff. So I think there's a good little network that's starting to form again. Nice. Um, but this is my challenge. And to Seattle is like, where do you go for a, like a safe coffee place? Like where... There isn't, there isn't like an unbranded cafe or an unbranded, I shouldn't say cafe, but like an unbranded uh, roasting space, like a bigger meeting space, event space that doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not dedicated to just a, a sole roaster or a sole importer where coffee community, because we all work for different coffee companies in some capacity. And it's really hard when I have friends that work for a company that like, you know, took one of our accounts. Yeah. You know, took is a very... <laughs> very vague word for how the yeah. whole thing works but like yeah. you know they they're working for a, a quote rival company that's working against our bottom line and for theirs you know and like it's hard to go to their space then for an event you know so that's that's what the challenge is and i feel like that's what potentially in seattle a collaborative community roasting space could really be would be you know hey there's like 12 15 different roasting companies are out of here so as an importer you can go and feel like you're safe and not, you know, there's different people to talk to. It's not like you just have to convince Jesse at Conduit mm -hmm. to buy your coffee. You're going there. You can leave some samples for anybody that might yeah, be a yeah. part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and vice versa. Uh, all that being said, I feel like La Marzocco's Cafe and their headquarters, those two locations, are probably the best community building publicly forward yeah. like spaces like that. That are like... Yeah, I wish their like showcase office was in a better area. <laughs> Better than Ballard? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like in an awkward industrial part of Ballard. Yeah, I mean, all little, that's changing like, yeah. so quick. I don't know. I just like they're, it. it's just because they're like, Showcase Cafe is in such a beautiful location. Well, it's that, like, was, that was pretty fortunate how that all happened. Yeah, that's true. I don't um, think any of that was on the horizon at all when they bought that property in Ballard. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also that's the thing though right it's expensive so where yeah. do you buy space that you can do that it's in the warehouse districts like well, it's in the um, yeah we'll have to do an update on uh, La Marzocco Cafe and everything they're doing soon yeah so that'll be a that'll be a new episode I bet we could go down there and do an interview with them oh yeah we'll cook that up that's um, what Conduit's cooking <laughs> anyways yes is, community roasting yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know consumers out there enjoy your cups of coffee from small businesses because it takes a lot of work to get there yeah, I always say if you can talk to the roaster face to face, that's one of the best things you can do. Yep. Buy coffee from people you can see. Anyhow, as opposed to transparent coffee. Well, as opposed to like <laughs> buying it off a shelf in a store where you right. don't know the people. 
This has been this has been all about community roasting. We're gonna come back to this. This is a great subject. This is gonna be a trend in the future of Seattle coffee. Um, And please do saying these are all just tickler episodes, but yeah, yeah. Do reach out with your thoughts and comments. Uh, You can visit coffeeloversradio.com, the show page for this episode, and leave comments there. You can email. Uh, Joseph at coffeeloversradio.com. Jesse at coffeeloversradio.com. Joseph's better with the email, though. Yeah, I mean, it all goes to me anyways at the moment. So (laughs) That's what I mean. He's better at it. Uh, So (laughs) let us know your thoughts. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll catch you in the next one. Appreciate all of you. Cheers. This has been Joseph. And Jesse. With Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows, click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Visit coffeeloversradio.com, say hello, and listen to our after show, The The Third Third Crack. Crack!